You are listening to The Mother Good Podcast, episode number 47. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. This episode is sponsored by usualwines.com. Go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use our discount code MOTHERGOOD for $8 off your first order and try your first glass of wine on us. One thing I really like about Usual Wines is that their wine comes in single-serve portions. Every bottle is 6.3 ounces, so that's basically a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine, which is perfect for someone like me whose husband doesn't really enjoy bubbly wine. And so now I can finally just have my glass of bubbly wine and not have to just waste the rest of the bottle. Their wines come from world-class American viticultural areas in California, including Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara. And another thing that I love about Usual Wines is that they are low carb and have zero grams of sugar. I just discovered recently that wine in the U.S. is allowed to have over 60 additives and that sugar is allowed to be added into wine. And sugar is actually an additive that's allowed to be put into wine. But Usual Wines only uses the sugar from the grapes themselves and then they ferment the wine until there's no more sugar left in the wine. So that's how you get a wine with zero grams of sugar. So be sure you go check out Usual Wines at www.usualwines.com and use our promo code MOTHERGOOD for $8 off your first order. Lawan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Emily. I'm so glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I know that we've been planning it for a while now, and could you just start off by telling everyone about yourself, who you are, your background, uh, just so everyone can get to know you a little bit better? Of course. Hi, everyone. So my name is Lawan Moses, and I am a productivity and success strategist who helps moms to master their mindset and own their time so they can make money moves. I am also the creator and host of the More Than a Mother podcast, where I empower moms to own their identity outside of motherhood. At More Than a Mother, we believe that you can pursue your dreams and be a great mom at the same time. And I am also a mom myself, if you haven't caught on to that. So I have a son who is college age, and then I have two middle school daughters. I have a background. I do still work full-time. So I work full-time for a police department where I assist victims of crime. In the meantime, with running my business, my family, and everything else that I have going on in life. So that is a little bit about me. Sounds like you have your hands involved in a lot of different areas. That's sort of how I am as well. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, So how long have you been uh, doing your own business? And um, what is so important about this mission to you? So I have been doing my own business, I would say, consistently for the past two years. I initially started out about seven years ago with doing blogging and doing virtual assistant work over the years and just kind of trying to navigate and find my own way. And then it was really, I've been, like I said, doing this for about two years, but it was really the end of 2019 to where I kind of had a 
aha life-defining moment that put me on this path to defining what I've been doing as more than a mother and helping moms to pursue their dreams and be great moms at the same time. And it's important to me because so many mothers that once we become parents, once we become mothers, we really lose our identity in motherhood. We forget who we are. We forget all the dreams and goals that we had before we had kids. And we just really put our all into our family and all into our kids. And then at the end of the day, we wind up looking around and time has passed and we're putting everything into everybody. And we realize that we are completely miserable. We don't have anything that we enjoy doing. We can't think of anything that's independent of the kids. And we just kind of start to have that. I know for myself, have this kind of resentful, miserable feeling. And then that has a trickle down effect to where our family starts to feel miserable, which really negates everything that we mean as mothers because we want to make everyone feel good. So really the more than a mother brand came from being on that path of realizing that we have to feel fulfilled as individuals first so that we can show up as our best sense of self in all areas of our life and really have the best impact in our family with our kids and with everything that we have going on. Did you feel that that's how you felt when you were raising your children since your children are a bit older? Uh, Well, you know, they're not in the younger stage, obviously, like the toddler stage, did you go through those struggles yourself? And what was your journey like through those early years? Yes, I definitely went through those struggles. So as I said, I started this back in 2013 with really personal development, making myself a priority and putting myself first. And that came after a period where I really reached burnout. My kids were at that time, my youngest daughter was three. So back then she was three. And I had my son was involved in sports and both of my girls were involved in dance. And there was just so much that was happening that I was giving everything to them. I was involved, like I said, working, married. So making sure that everything in the house was great, extracurricular activities. I was just doing all these things. And I mean, I have a lot going on right now, but it's different because these are things that I love and enjoy. But back then I was giving so much to everybody and I wasn't getting very much in return. So that's where that feeling of being miserable, feeling resentful and just feeling unfulfilled in life really came from. And so that was what really propelled me to really start back then to put myself on this personal development journey making myself a priority and it has really just evolved over the years. So it was back then that I, it was one conversation I was having with my husband back then and I realized I was lashing out at him. I was lashing out at everyone around me and I really started to think and do some self-reflection and realize how I had these unrealistic expectations of those around me and I was looking for them to kind of make me feel happy and make me feel fulfilled and it was really unfair the position that I was putting everyone around me in when really I had the power within myself to make that change, to get back to the things that I love and enjoy. So in having that conversation and in starting to sit back and reflect on things I was doing in life, it was just like, hey, I got to do something different. This is just not the way that life is supposed to be. It's not anyone else's responsibility to make me happy and make me feel fulfilled as a person. So it was really back at that time where I just started to look at, okay, what little steps can I take to really start to focus on myself? What things can I do to kind of start to change my mindset so that I can realize that although I'm a mother, I don't have to be, and, and a wife, I don't have to be available to everyone 24 hours, seven days a week. It is okay to say that I have needs, I have desires, I have things I want to do, and it's okay to 
not feel guilty about doing that and really push forward and press towards my dream. So that was really back in 2013 is when I really started to have that revelation. And then it's just kind of evolved more and more over the years to where I'm just really walking in it and able to just tell other mothers that it is okay to have your dreams and goals and it doesn't take away from you being a mom. So what did it look like for you personally? I know that you said that that meant that not just having your focus be solely on your children and following your dreams and passions. So practically speaking, did that look like getting a babysitter or getting a nanny in daycare? Uh, What practical steps did you take to make that a reality? So one thing I did for myself was my kids were in school and daycare at that time, but it was just when I would pick them up, everything would be all about them, running them here, here, there, and everywhere, having them involved in all kinds of things, just everyone constantly busy. So one thing I did was kind of take a step back and reflect on what do we really need to be doing? Do they need to be in all the sports, all the dance, all the activities? No, they don't. Not all kids are in that, and it's okay if they're not in all of that. So it really was me taking kind of step to what is important, what can I prioritize, and really having to prioritize my time. So that was one thing in looking at everything that I had going on. What areas of my life can I cut back? Where can I cut back? That was like my first step, is that I had to look at, I have this full plate. I have all these things on this plate. There are a lot of things that are non-negotiable, a lot of things that I have to do. But yet there are so many things that I'm choosing to do and I'm choosing to be busy and fill my life with busy stuff instead of really fill my life with fulfilling stuff. So really that first step looked to me as writing down everything that I had going on and then saying, okay, where can I cut back? What can I do? Where can I start to make these changes? And then from there, once I saw where I could really start to make changes, then it became kind of a mindset thing. And really at that time I did suffer with some mom guilt. So I really had to resolve that in myself and really start to do, I did a lot of positive affirmations every single day, kind of replacing those negative thought patterns and things that I was thinking in that way. And it was really retraining my brain, retraining my mindset and realizing that it's okay to do something for myself because for some reason I felt like I couldn't do anything for myself. So really retraining and say, it's okay to fit myself into this busy plate I have going on. It's okay to go after my own dreams and goals and work that into the life of my kids and my family. And that may mean cutting back on things, but it's okay to say no. It's okay to step back. And it's okay to kind of reclaim that power and reclaim that time in my life. Do you think that moms have always had this problem with losing their identity? I'm not sure. Have you done any research on if this has always been the case? Because I know that for thousands of years, women have worked outside of the home, inside and outside, and it's been pretty necessary for them to do so. And so I'm just wondering if you're familiar with any of the history of motherhood in general, since you know this is part of your passion with moms not losing their identity. Are, are you familiar with the history of that? And do you think that's always been the case or is that just more of a modern problem? Well, I haven't done any research, so I'm not familiar technically with any history, any studies that have been done, things like that. But in speaking just from a reflective point of view and looking at images that are out there, I like to think back to the times if we all could relate to seeing the moms that were on TV, those that were in the home at that time, and they were just like the perfect mom that was doing everything for everybody. And 
life was well and the episodes would go off. Mom was always happy. So I think in seeing media images, things like that, mom's built up this unrealistic to me kind of expectation of what motherhood is and that it was always supposed to be about the kids, always supposed to be about the family. And then, as you said, that time came where at one point in time, moms were primarily in the home. So yes, they were there available doing all these things. And we didn't get to see that part of, okay, did they do anything for themselves? A lot of people, if they think back that are older, they think back to their parents, they realize that their mom was really always about the family. So that may be traditions or things that they were raised that way. But then as we evolved and the role of the woman, the role of the mother changed to where we were really working outside of the home, for some reason, I think we still held on to these traditions and norms that we were accustomed to or that we may have seen in our own lives. And then we were trying to live up to those traditions and norms and be that everything to everybody mom failing to realize that we now picked up working outside the home or all these other things that we have going on. So I don't know if it was something that has been studied. Like I said, I haven't done the research, but just in thinking about how motherhood kind of started and how it's evolved over years, it may be something that we modern moms have really put that pressure on ourselves of trying to be this traditional mom that we may have seen back in the day and merge that with the mom that we have right now and realizing that, okay, that's just not going to work. Right, exactly. I mean, I've only briefly Googled and done a little bit of reading on it. And it it does seem like historically, you know, for thousands of years that most women worked outside of the home. And then it's more when we say traditional, it's more of since the 1900s, I guess, (laughs) that this modern housewife uh, kind of evolved. And that but that just as you were saying that that's what we're familiar with, because that's how we were raised and the types of environment that we were raised in. Uh, I'm not sure if you are a fan of Jerry Seinfeld at all, but I saw a comedy show that he did a few months ago. I I think it was on Netflix or something. And he was talking about when, when he was being raised, but I know that he's, he's older. So his parents were of a different generation that, that his parents didn't really pay attention to him. And he, he and his friends were just kind of wandering free to wander and do whatever they wanted to essentially. Uh, but then modern parents. And then I think the way that we were raised too, is that our parents were a lot more heavily involved and that obviously takes a lot more work and effort than just having more of that laid back approach. Right. That's true. I agree with that. So tell me about um, your business and you know, how you coach other women, how, um, what what are your steps in trying to help other women uh, try to f- keep their identity outside of motherhood? So my biggest thing that I do with my clients, so at my business, I primarily work with mothers. And I always start with that whole plate that I talk about that has become just like the cornerstone. That is the foundation, the starting block to everything I do with all of my clients. We literally get a plate. And I call it the what's on your plate activity. And we literally do a lifestyle inventory brain dump of everything that you have on your plate at that moment. Because as I said before, once you get that visual representation, you kind of see all the different things that you have going on in your life. And then from there, we can look at the areas of your life where you need to make some adjustments, cut back and all of that. 
And then our next step that I go through is once we know what's on our plate, it's all about setting boundaries. Because I do a lot with being productive and prioritizing your time so that you can get the most out of life. And one way to do that is to have some boundaries, which I feel that a lot of us fail to set because we may feel that they are harsh or we don't want to tell people what our boundaries are, or we're just going about everyday life just like everything is okay, failing to realize that by putting boundaries in place, we're kind of protecting our own peace and preserving our own energy so that we can find the time to do more of the things that we love and enjoy. And really boundaries are really a necessary part of life because we are only an individual. We are one person. And if we don't have these boundaries, then we're going to allow people to put stuff on our plate while we're trying to take stuff off by not having those boundaries set, by not letting people know what those boundaries are. We in in turn allow people to push more stuff on us. And then some people are afraid to say no. And we just continue to take on more and more, which kind of negates the whole purpose of us prioritizing our life and becoming more productive. So that is a lot of what I do with the plate and setting boundaries. I also work through priorities. So we're looking at, okay, what are priorities in your life? Looking at our big old to-do list. Okay, how can I be more effective in my day-to-day life? And I like to have my moms and my clients choose your top three priorities for that day. What are your top three priorities What are you going to work through? What are you going to do? Because a lot of us like to have all these open tabs. A lot of us like to have our hands in so many different baskets, and we're just leaving a lot of incomplete things. But by focusing on three priorities, three top tasks a day, then we'll find that over time we're working and we're getting more things finished and more things complete and getting closer and closer to our goals. And then I am also big on systems and automation and streamlining systems are big to me because I feel like there are so many things that we do in everyday life that I really work with my clients, be it in business or whatever area of their life. Are there tasks that you do over and over each day? Are there emails that you send over and over each day? What things in your business can you kind of automate? What things in your system, in your business can you kind of streamline? So in that way, you are taking some of that load off of yourself to kind of have to be there all the time and be present. So I really do a lot with making our time work for us because we don't get a lot of time. And from what I remember seeing, the average parent gets about 32 minutes of free time a day. So it's up to us to kind of find those buckets of time to where we can be more productive so that we can feel more fulfilled and get more done within the course of a day. What are some examples of those streamlining techniques that you work with uh, with your clients or automa- automation. Ugh, I can't even say that as <laughs> pregnancy brain. Um, I, so what, what are some of the common ones? Do you see re- the same recurring ones over and over again that you can share or even in your own life? What are some things that you've done to make it easier? So some things that I have done in terms of streamlining and automating. So streamlining, I like to designate certain days for certain tasks. So be that in business or be that in life. So the way that I look at that in business is that if there are certain days, like I don't get along with Mondays as I tell people. So I know on Mondays, I am not going to have a client heavy day. I'm going to make that more of an administrative behind the scenes day. So I can focus on back end tasks emails, administrative type things in my business on that day. Then as I go through the week, I kind of wake up on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So that's when I'll tend to do more of my podcast interviews or client work and things like that. So 
One example of kind of streamlining is designating those certain days for certain tasks. And the way that can look in your home is that if you feel overwhelmed or whatever the situation may be, and you're trying to stay on top of everything, perhaps that means that when it comes to cleaning, you may have a day that's specific to the bathroom, a day that's specific to floors, a day that's specific to dusting or something like that. So those are ways that I say kind of streamline things. And that way you're not feeling like you're everywhere all the time. And then the way automation looks for me in business is I like to use systems that make my business easier. So one system that I use is called Dubsado. So that is a client relationship management system. And it really does a lot of my emailing and a lot of my client communication, sending invoices and all of that for me. It does require setup on the back end, but once you get it set up on the back end, for example, for my podcast interview, I know that I have a scheduler that needs to go out. I know I have a series of emails that need to go out and I know I have like a follow-up email that needs to go out. So I have all of that set up in Dubsado so that when someone books for a podcast interview, it automatically triggers that workflow. And then I know that people are getting those communications from me up until the time, an hour before their interview, they're getting communication for me from me here and there. And that way I'm not worrying about, okay, did I send the link? Did I get this information? Did I tell them about the podcast? So that's another way that automation can work in your business. That way you're taking away some of that, having to keep so many hands on and remembering that you have to do so many things and potentially missing out on something. Did you feel like you had to get your husband more involved too with the children? Because it does seem like from hearing from a lot of mothers that they're overwhelmed a lot of times and they don't have time for themselves because they t- either take on everything in terms of child rearing or they don't specifically ask their husband to help as much as needed or they just don't get the help that they need in general with their children. I definitely say that you have to ask for help. So yes, getting my husband involved, getting my support system involved was definitely key. And I think a lot of us make the mistake of thinking that people can read our brains and know that we don't want to be doing all this and know that we need help and that they're just automatically going to step in and some and just think we're not mind readers. So the same way we can't read someone else's brain, they can't read ours. So it's definitely important to ask for that help. So yes, I did have to get my husband's help. My parents, they're also very supportive. So I just, it got to a point where, okay, I need help with this. I need to focus on this task. I need to go to this training. I need to go to this conference. I need to do just being really outright and explicit and stating the things that you need to do and realizing that a lot of us moms, although we love to do everything, our husbands are perfectly capable of taking care of our children. It may not look the same way that we will do it, but guess what? Our children will survive and things will be okay. So yes, definitely ask for that help and get the help that you need. It seems like a lot of it is letting go of the control to at least from the moms that I've spoken with and, and my mom friends that as moms, we just want things done a certain way, whether it's the meal cooked a certain way, or we want your, our children to eat a certain thing, or, you know, I don't know, do anything in their ru- daily routine a certain way. And it's hard to just let someone else do it differently, because obviously, no one's going to do it the way that we do, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, it definitely, it's definitely hard. And I will agree that control aspect, it plays a big role. And I think that it will continue to play a role because I mean, I even find myself still these days having certain control issues over certain things, but we have to realize that we're a family unit. And as our kids get older, depending on their age with our spouse, whatever it is, they are perfectly capable, as I said, of helping us. And it is, and sometimes I still have to tell myself, okay, it may not be getting done, the way that you would do it. It may not look the way that you want it done, but guess what? They're doing it and it's okay. So it does take that self-talk and kind of relinquishing that control. And like I said, I still will tell myself when I'm seeing something like, okay, it's that's not how I would do it, but guess what? They're getting it done and it's okay. And I do have, I have to hype myself up, be my own kind of spokesperson. Like it's okay, Luan, it's getting done. That's what matters. And going along those same lines and that kind of self-talk, what is some of the positive affirmations that you mentioned earlier that you had to give yourself to let go of that guilt when you are spending more time on your dreams or even just taking some time for self-care?